Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. All right, and welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, February 12th, 2015. Thanks for tuning in to what I'm sure will be a very informative program on a topic that many drivers consider and think about at some time in their careers, and that is becoming an owner-operator. That entrepreneurial spirit that lives in uh, many of us, wanting the ability to choose our own financial destination, reaching for success in your own business, but does it take more than just the entrepreneurial spirit to make it happen? And what should you as a driver look for when considering buying or leasing your own truck? And in addition, what should a company look for in someone wanting to be a successful owner-operator? Our guest this evening is Joe Huvestall, General Manager of Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com. And we've asked Joe to come back on the program because Don and I have seen a fairly decent rise in those interested in obtaining their own truck and going the owner, uh, owner-operator owner route. So we saw that as a, a good sign to share important information that you need to know beforehand in order to give you a better understanding and insight into those things that you should look for, those things that a lender is looking for, all designed to help you reach your goal of having your own successful business. And uh, Donna, I think one of those topics that Joe can help us on specifically is what signs to be on the lookout for when it comes to this predatory lending, which is very much uh, alive and well out there. It's a big problem. Well, it seems like it's on the rise also, Alan. And and I think as people become, um, I don't like to use the word desperate, but as as the economy becomes more sluggish and people look for uh, different ways to uh, make money, become independent, um, they're more apt to be eager to sign something without really looking into it. And the predatory lending, I mean, although it's been really common for many years, it does seem to be um, on an incline right now. And not, not just with, within the trucking industry, but homeowners are taking a, a huge whack on, on this type of lending. And, and it's just very sad to see people, you know, try to be successful off of the um, – misfortune of others so i know so well well listen we got a, a lot to discuss on this a very important decision relating to a driver's professional career so we'll take a short break our guest joe huvestall of lone mountain truck leasing our show this evening trucking owner operator eligibility and it's all coming up on ask the trucker live Head 
Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website TruckerLawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash TruckerLawyers and follow them on Twitter as at TruckerLawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. You know, Donna, um, the the lines are nearly full. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm not for sure who Joe is. Okay. So I'm going to go through here and just uh, take a guess here and hope this is uh, Joe on the line. Joe, is that you? Yes. Hey, I got it right. <laughs> okay. Nice. I, I'm scra- right. I'm scrambling through here going through all the area codes on the switchboard, and I was actually looking for an Iowa area code, but I took a guess, and I got you. Nice. There we go. There you are. Hey, um, you're, you are at the uh, Iowa location, right? That's where you're at? Yes. We actually just moved, so um, we're only about a mile away from the airport. Uh, we kind of started out uh, about 15 minutes south of Omaha Council Bluffs. We uh, outgrew that location, but we kind of left just sales. So just sales and the shop was there, and then all kind of the office, administrative people uh, had to move up to Omaha, which is only about 15 minutes away. But then we recently bought a new facility that everyone could fit into, which is good. Um, so we kind of have everybody in, under the same roof now, and we're a, it works really well for people coming to get a truck because we're only about um, – like I said, we're literally a mile from the airport, and then we have a hotel that's right literally next door to us. So that works pretty convenient for everybody. So, Well, good. And you also have a location in Las Vegas and, what is it, Tipton, Georgia? Tipton, Georgia, about 50 miles uh, north of Florida. So, 
All right, so you've got it pretty covered there. So, hey, welcome everybody on the line here, Tennessee, Ohio, Wisconsin, Texas, Connecticut, New Mexico, California. Well, that's as far as I got so far. I'll look up the area codes as we go along. But, well, it's been a while, Joe. Glad to have you back. And you might have heard in the beginning we were talking about some of these things that drivers, uh, you know, they ha- they have a problem with, and they're trying to become an owner-operator. And a lot of them go with these uh, motor carrier leases we've talked about before, but I guess a good place to start is, you know, someone, we, we have a lot of newcomers to the industry listen to the show, and, you know, they have that, you know, hope of, you know, being an owner-operator, running their own business, but I guess a good place to start is what what are the choices of, the good choices available for them? Uh, I mean, a lot of them will just go right into the motor carrier leasing, which, you know, could, works out for some, works out, doesn't work out for others, but... What are what are the choices available to someone looking to become an owner operator? Well, first coming to Lone Mountain, obviously. I mean, that's the only good place to get a truck. No, just kidding. Well, but, of course. Um, it, no, it's a good start. Um, kind of one of the uh, a lot of our people that are most successful. We have, you know, we kind of have a whole a pretty wide range of people that are coming to get a truck from us. Uh, some people are coming. They've you know, done their own authority forever, and they want to keep doing that. Some are, you know, they've been at a, a leased onto a company, and they want to go under their own authority. Some are brand new, um, have been a company driver, and are looking to go for the first time. So you kind of have the whole spectrum. Um, actually, I, I'm, the people that have the most success with us, um, our most successful place that people go and lease on to is Landstar. Um, also, Mercer does a pretty good job, but Landstar has our highest success rate, actually. And kind of the way Landstar works, not to you know, give too much of a sales pitch, but it's kind of gives you the option to be a little more independent. They kind of they basically have their own internal load board that you work off of, so you're kind of you're picking where you want to go when you want to go, um, but you still kind of have the big company behind you to kind of help you out a little bit. So, and they're a hundred percent owner operator. So there's no, you don't have to worry about, uh, if stuff gets slow, they're going to give stuff to their company trucks versus owner operators. So, you know, Hey Joe, this is Donna. Um, I just want to, Hey, I just want to ask you, um, you know, a lot of people get into, uh, this area, you know, they want to lease, they want to purchase and they're really not, um, prepared at that time, uh, what advice would you give these people who, you know, they're not sure what kind of experience should they have, what is the right time, and when not to jump into it? Uh, because the success rate, um, if Alan put a, um, a survey out oh, quite a few years ago, and the success rate um, for company leases now, not for you know the where you go to um, Lone Mountain and get a truck, but company that was very very um, poor for the the success rate. I can't remember the amount. I think it was it was pretty low the success success rate. Um, so what what prerequisites do you suggest people before they even look into a truck and being an owner operator of any kind? Uh, have. Um, yeah, I would say no matter where you're getting a truck from, you want to you do want to have a good idea of what your maintenance plan is. That's the number one reason that people fail uh, if they're if they don't 
aren't ready for maintenance. Uh, with a lot of the newer trucks, um, you can have a lot of uh, emissions uh, issues that can that if you're not um, pretty vigilant on how you're maintaining it, you can. As an example, a DPF filter, if you're cleaning it, you only have to clean it probably once a year. And it's about a, we pay about $100, but we do them in bulk. But normally, if you're a single owner operator, you're probably paying four to $500 to clean your DPF. But if you run that until it goes out or until it plugs or until it cracks, you're looking at, you know, four or $5,000 to fix it. So, um, a lot of that stuff, kind of being able to keep up on your maintenance. One of the first things we kind of say is if you're thinking about becoming an owner-operator because you want to work less and be home every weekend, that's probably the wrong reason to do it. Uh, you're going to be working a lot more like I kind of – I like to say you're you're going from just being a truck driver to being a truck driver, an accountant, a mechanic, a business owner, all that stuff when you become an owner-operator. So it's definitely not less uh, less worries than being a, a company driver. Okay, so really when you say, um, you know, when you talk about things like having a maintenance plan, I mean, you're really, you're really looking for what they should be looking for um, is a, a, just a business plan. I mean, do they have, I mean, you know, let's just get into, uh, you know, we, we said eligibility, you know, and I'm thinking, well, you know, a lot of people, they'll, a lot of guys, they'll come out of a, of a school, right out of a school. Maybe they have three months of driving behind their belt. They have, um, uh, they have, you know, the money down. Let's say they have the money down. Their credit is pretty decent, but they only have like three months experience driving. And maybe they think, well, you know, Hey, I, I can make this work, but what is that eligibility uh, other than um, you know you look for uh, maintenance plan? I guess you could really say overall a business plan, but would that be an eligible can candidate? You know, for someone like you know you guys or whoever, uh, if they just come right out of school, maybe have three or four months driving experience, they have the money down. I mean, what is this eligibility that uh, that you know we hear about? Uh, yeah, kind of our, it's possible. And we like to look at people, you know, as a whole, uh, we look at the whole picture. We don't look at just a credit score and say yes or no. We kind of look at, you know, what is your maintenance plan? What is your business plan? Like you're saying, uh, you know, what's your work history? If you've only been at, you know, your company for three months, or you've only been driving for three months, it's going to cost you a lot of money to get insurance. Uh, if you're going to be an owner operator, so kind of looking into that. So if we were interviewing, if I was interviewing you and you said, you know, I just got out of school and I said, well, do you know how much, you know, insurance is? And and you said, yeah, I know exactly how much it is. I already got a quote for this. And I said, well, what's your maintenance plan? And you said, well, I have, uh, you know, I've been, my brother-in-law works at the local Kenworth dealer. And uh, so I'm going to get all my routine maintenance done there. I kind of know a little bit about you know, normal maintenance, so I won't get, the shaft at uh, if I'm at some you know random shop somewhere, and here's my business plan. I'm going to work for Landstar, so they help they'll help me out with this and that. You know, there's that would be a possible way that we would approve someone. Um, if we ask you those same questions and you don't have answers for many of those, then that's not good, obviously. So. You know, we kind of want to have the business plan set up, have uh, some good experience. 
um, and have, uh, you know, kind of know what you're doing, have a good place to go to, and have some good support behind you. So we kind of look at all those things as a whole versus, um, you know, how long have you been driving and have that be a yes or no determining factor. We kind of look at the, the person as a whole. Do you do you look uh if I mean a lot of them are leased on to companies do you take a hard look at the at the company they're leased on to as well Yeah absolutely um you know if uh like I I mean I not to keep <laughs> mentioning Landstar but that's one where it's like if they're going oh, to that's Landstar all right. they're probably going to make it cuz they do you know they Landstar helps guys out um they have a pretty long uh process to get um, approved there. So if you're going there, they kind of say, yeah, if you're coming to Landstar, it's not going to be a, we're not going to approve you next day. It's a long process to get orient, get, go through orientation and do all that. Um, if you're at a place, we keep track of how people do at certain carriers. If there's a carrier where, you know, half the people that go there end up failing, obviously that's a check against you. So, um, yeah, that definitely makes a difference. Uh, one of the bigger things is, you know, say I'm at uh, XYZ Carriers. I've been working at, you know, say you're working at Mercer or whatever, and say, uh, yeah, I've been working there for two years, and I'm going to stay on there. That's definitely a good thing for us, too, uh, and for the person because, yeah, you you know the ropes there. You know the dispatchers there. You have a good relationship with everybody versus going into somewhere else cold. So it's good to have that um, familiarity with the company that you're at. And, um, you know, so that's kind of what we look for. That's definitely a positive to be looking, going to a good company. But, yes, we do evaluate the company as well. I I wanted to ask you a question, Joe. Um, A lot of people know that – you know, you, you can go to all the forums and everything, and they'll say, you know, don't go on with a lease, a, a company lease. There's there's all kinds of talk, the Truckers Report, um, Truckers Forum, you name it, Facebook, everywhere. Uh, one of the things I think uh, we should mention to everybody is, uh, I guess a tactic you would call it, is um, kind of persuading new drivers right away to get into their uh, lease program. And, of course, they don't do all this screening like you guys do. I mean, they just push them. They want them to get into the program. Um, maybe maybe you can explain why the failure rate when people go into it like that is so high. Um, I would guess it's kind of the big fleets do are kind of pushing them. They're – you know, obviously the buzzword is the the driver shortage, but um, you know the owner oper- the true owner operator, I think, is kind of a smaller group, and so a lot of the companies are trying to, I would say, create owner operators versus hiring owner operators because there just aren't that many to hire. And a lot of the big companies are fighting over owner-operators. We hear, we buy trucks from a lot of the bigger companies, so we kind of know people there and talk to them. And, I mean, they pay huge sign-on bonuses for owner-operators and still can't get any hired. So kind of their next best thing is to create them from their company drivers. And I think that might be the thing when you're kind of trying to push somebody into it 
versus somebody who has gone through the business plans, uh, planning to what you're going to do for maintenance, the, all that stuff, and has made a choice on their own to do this, they're probably going to be a lot better than somebody who's getting talked into doing it just randomly. Right. So Plus, too, I, you I know, the new drivers, I would – I'm sorry. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead and finish. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say the new drivers, I would guess um, – I myself, not a driver – but I would guess that uh, a new driver is having a difficult time enough, you know, just learning the ropes in trucking. Then to take on a, a, a business, it might be more difficult than, let's say, a, a veteran driver who, you know, already has that established, at least the trucking end of it. And um, it might be easier to start a business. Do you have, like, how many years? You know, and I know it's an individual thing. Everybody's different. But how many months or years someone should be driving before they should really investigate becoming an owner-operator? Um, again, yeah, we kind of look at the whole picture. Um, some people might be ready after a year because they know a lot of stuff um, because they were, say, they were a mechanic before. And so that kind of gives them a leg up on people um, Maybe somebody who's been driving for five years but doesn't know anything about maintenance, you know, somebody who was a mechanic before might be just as good as them. So um, one of the standards, um, not that I'm saying this is right or anything, but a lot of the insurance companies now are saying you have to have driven for more than two winters before they'll insure you. So that's something that you should Maybe that's kind of some kind of a standard, but if you've driven for over two winters, your insurance policy goes down quite a bit in cost. So they, there's probably a reason. Usually insurance companies have a reason for what they charge. So, Well, then how do the, how do the big companies pushing the, um, you know, younger, not younger in age, but, you know, not as many years under their belt, how do they get a... a away with uh, the insurance by having new drivers on as uh, a lease uh, operator? They put them under their own insurance. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they'll have, they'll have uh, usually the big me mega ones like that will have their own, own insurance, so that's kind of one way they get away with that. But, hey, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll grab a few callers, and then we'll uh, talk a little bit more about uh, what should the driver look for. Uh, maybe in a lease company, a lender, and what should they look for uh, in the truck that they are looking to um, to start their business with. So quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Ask the Trucker Live, and I want to tell you how you can save big money with Pivot Technology Resources. Pivot Technology Resources is the trucking industry's only source for quality new and used mobile communications and asset tracking equipment. With Pivot Technology Resources, you can have the latest technology such as Omnitrax MCP50 and the MCP200 or a PeopleNet BLU2 or PD4 and for around half the price of going directly through the manufacturer. Here's how they are able to bring you quality technology at such a low cost. Pivot Technology Resources obtains working in-cab computers from companies that go out of business, downsize their fleet, or change their technologies. 
Their team of professionals guarantee that they are in working order and even offers a brand new in-house warranty and all for about half the price. They even will buy your equipment as well. Find out more by calling 1-800-679-0177 and visit them on the web at pivotresources.com. Discover why so many of the most respected companies in the country have relied on their expertise. 1-800-679-0177, pivotresources.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. Now, back to the show. All right, we're talking with Joe Hoovestall, uh, General Manager of Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. Let's just grab a few callers here, Joe, and then we'll move along right here. But area code 865, Tennessee, uh, welcome to the show. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Partly cloudy on a good day. Glad to hear you guys. It's Kenny Capel. <laughs> hey, Kenny. Oh, hey, Kenny. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Good. Um, y'all were talking about the lease purchase programs, like through companies and stuff like that. Uh-huh. A lot of those programs from them are, are designed that for to benefit the company and not the owner-operator. Right. A lot of times what yeah. will happen is, is they'll put them in a truck, they'll run them, good at first then they start to have a couple of maintenance issues then their mileages go down then they end up starving the drivers out of the trucks so they can sell them again right basically i know we're we're not big supporters of those (laughs) those kinds of uh uh, and that's what i was saying before i don't know if you were um listening i mean you can go to most of the forums and you know, pretty much uh, the, the veteran drivers are, are pretty savvy um, to a lot of that. And that's really not to say that every single company, you know, uh, runs their business like that. But unfortunately, right. um, just like truck drivers, you know, a few bad apples can spoil a whole bunch. So, uh, you know, I, one of the things that we were going to bring up tonight was the things to look out for uh, with a, a company lease. And, and I think one of the things, this might be a good time to bring it up, is if they will allow you to take the lease out, you know, and have somebody look at it. I mean, the hugest red flag that um, I've heard about is the fact that, you know, you, you're under pressure, you have to make the decision, no, you're not allowed to take it home with you or take it to a lawyer. I mean, that that's like one of the biggest red flags that I've ever heard. I mean, who in the world would would just, you know, sign something especially when you're you you might not be savvy with documents and what to look for and the little hidden things that are, you know, could be uh written in and things like that. So, um, you know, that that's that survey I was talking about before that that Alan had put together quite a few years ago, and and it, some people were very successful, but I would say I want to say like eighty percent. Yeah, it was close to eighty 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 percent failure rate. Yeah, we're we're not, and and of course this is specifically uh, he was doing company lease programs, and um, 
that's why, you know, for the past few years, I mean, you know, we've been supporters of Lone Mountain because of the transparency <coughs> of the lease. But anyway, no, you're absolutely right, Kenny. I mean, yeah. by the way, well, how's your case going? Uh, they have uh, deferred it so far, and I haven't heard anything else. They said they'd get back with me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, all right. Thanks, Kenny. And, and Joe, that's uh, – that was one of the things um you know what what should a uh, uh you know we kind of know what you know you guys and the the better ones out there look for in a candidate you know to be an owner operator what should what should the driver look for i mean what are the red flags that should go off for them when they're uh, looking at leasing yeah as you mentioned if that would definitely set off alarm bells to me if somebody said uh yeah you can't look at the contract that you're about to sign right. that's a, you know going to lock you in for years that's a little scary i guess um so yeah we send it out if somebody wants it we email it out um if they want us to send it to that's no big deal for us um some people read it when they come and they're waiting for their insurance or anything like that that's all no problem for us um the other thing might be you know checking out the truck when you get it if they're saying no sign here and then you know we'll figure out what you're doing with the truck afterwards that's not good either if you're going to be locked into this truck for three, four, five years, you want to make sure that it's ready to go when you get it. So, again, that's why we let people, um, they can take it to any third-party shop they want. A lot of people get oil samples done ahead of time. Uh, we allow them to get a DOT, dyno, anything they want before signing the paperwork. They can take it to their own um, mechanic if they want to do that. Uh, if anything doesn't pass, they just need to bring it back to us, and we fix it for free. So, But if somebody was saying, no, we're not going to sign. let you see the lease and sign here, and we'll worry about the truck afterwards. That would be a pretty – those would be a couple of the biggest red flags to me. Well, I mean, you bring up a really important thing. I mean, when, when – especially for newcomers coming into the industry that may not, you know, know that much about it, uh, you know, the dyno test and the oil sample test. So now you, you, you guys, Lone Mountain – my understanding is you you y'all kind of really push them to do that, right? I mean, to get that dyno uh, and and check it out. Yeah, that's our biggest thing. I mean, it doesn't do us any good to send somebody out there with a bad truck because we're not going to get paid if it's a bad truck. And I mean, they're used trucks. Some of them, I mean, they I guarantee every one of them will break over three or four years. We all know that. So it, they will break, but we want them to be as good as we can make them. That's why we put uh, pretty much all of ours have new, brand new virgin drive tires on them to kind of get everybody out the door. We do do a six-month um, engine warranty on them as well, uh, but definitely far from a bumper-to-bumper -bumper warranty. So, um, But yeah, we actually make people sign a piece of paper if they choose not to do the inspections because we want to we're kind of saying we really think you should get these inspections and kind of like with reading the with reading your lease document ahead of time it's like you're signing this thing for 4 years and you don't want to take an hour to read it i mean it's kind of 
no-brainer stuff and you're or getting a dyno done for 200 bucks on a truck that you're paying 50 60,000 for again kind of a no-brainer so those are some big things that it's really small stuff and it might seem like kind of an inconvenience at the time but it's definitely worth doing in the long run i think well i think that's where the experience comes in i mean i never got a truck that i didn't have a dyno done or i sent in an oil sample just sending in that simple little oil sample ended up on several occasions, saving me thousands of dollars. But now if you've got somebody there who uh, does not want to do, you know, they say no, they say no to the dyno. They don't want to spend $150, $200 on a dyno, especially when y'all are saying, hey, if you find something wrong, bring it back, we'll fix it, and they still say no. Um, does that raise any red flags for you guys? <laughs> A little bit. I mean, we let them do it. Kind of our thing is um, we bring these trucks, we buy these trucks in big groups. We get them ready as good as we can. Obviously, we're not perfect either, so sometimes stuff does come up. A lot of times it doesn't, Um, but we try and encourage people to do it. But we kind of, our thing is we let you run your business. Once we approve you, we let you run your business how you think you should run it. Um, So we let them do it. But, yeah, we, I mean... (laughs) We try and talk them into it as much as we can. That reminds me just when you said uh, let them run their business, you know, the way they want to. And this is a a big uh, flag that comes up many times is the maintenance, the escrow account. Uh, Oh, the old escrow. (laughs) uh, Your old friend, Alan, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the old escrow. I got bitten by that a couple times myself. Uh, but anyway, they take out whatever percent it is, and then they um, save it um, for you, supposedly for you know maintenance. But then at the end, when it's time to um, get your money back out of it, it, if you haven't spent it all, it's, it's sometimes it's quite difficult. Uh, to to get that money back, and of course, like Alan said, he had to actually, you know, go to court one time to get his back. So, and he did, he did get it back. But um, some people aren't aren't as fortunate as that. Um, but that's what part of what we were saying about having a business plan. You yourself have to put in. What is the percentage? Um, what was it, Alan? You used to put away when we had the business ten, fifteen percent. I, I can't oh. remember. Uh, I can't remember when I was running over the road. I'd put um, I'd put as much as I could afford, but it usually ranged between six and eight cents a mile is what I was putting into an escrow and maintenance account. That may be more. Obviously, that should be more now, but that's what I was doing. But we kind of figure but, uh, like ten to fifteen cents a mile is you know a pretty good buffer. Obviously, it's better to have too much than not enough. But I've definitely oh, yeah. heard a lot more horror stories than I have good things. I mean, in theory, a maintenance account sounds, I mean, is a good idea. And, but it's kind of, that's kind of our thing. We expect our customers to do that on their own. So when you have a company that's saying, here's how much we're putting away and we're going to hold it. I mean, sometimes it can work well, but I've heard a lot of, a lot more like the story you have, Alan, of, well, we're not quite going to pay for that. And then if you're leaving, with your truck to go to a different company that you don't quite get it and there's a lot of feet dragging on getting your money back and all that stuff. So I've heard a lot more bad oh, yeah. things than good. That's why we don't do it. We kind of have our, ours is kind of the no strings attached 
thing. So, so y'all don't y'all don't uh, require an escrow account or nothing like that. No. Okay. Well, y'all just y'all just letting them just be, just I mean, just running their business like you said. Hey, Illinois yep. area code eight one five. Welcome to the show. Caller from Illinois area code eight one five. Okay, well, he's not answering, so we'll go there. Let's see. Let me go here. All right. Well, so how I'm about put him to sleep, Alan? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I tell you, they never know when I'm going to hit them, but I'll try again here in a minute. But you know, talking about escrows and things like this, what about how bad, how good or bad are these balloon payments that you hear? Now I know. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Y'all don't y'all don't do the balloon payment. I mean, is that overall? Is I mean, is that a bad thing? Is a, is a balloon payment? Is there any time a balloon payment is a good thing? Uh, I can't really think of any, but um, <laughs> you know, I guess it makes I guess it makes your payment less. But that's kind of another. I mean, you have to pay it eventually. So eventually, you have to just, pay it. Yeah. Yeah, why not just pay it in your payments? But that's kind of why our thing, the the balloon payment is kind of, I mean, if if it was me paying for the truck, it's like, okay, you're making your payments, but then you have this huge thing looming over you at the end that you, and, and I mean, you hear about these huge balloon payments, and they're kind of designed to make people never own anything, to me, right? is what it seems like, so... so so what happens if they can't pay on these other um lose a truck? Oh, do you lose the truck or do they give you a new contract or No, most of the time most of the ones I know of it's basically, you know, so you pay whatever you paid for 36 months and then you owe, you know, 15, 20,000 and either you go to a bank and get a loan for the 15 or 20,000. So then again, you're going back words kind of and uh or you lose the truck. Yeah. So you either have to pay. It's kind of once you hit the balloon payment, you either have to pay it or give back the truck. Those, those are your two choices. I would think. And I'm just trying to put myself in somebody else's head as they're thinking. Well, I'll keep the payments down now, and I'll build up my business, and by then I'll have the money to pay it. I mean, that's the ultimate optimism. I'm thinking that people might be thinking. I mean, that's the only yeah. thing that makes sense to me. You know. But then, That's about but the then only way. But to me, it just seems like it's more. It makes more sense as you're driving a truck to be paying it down. The truck's making sure. you money, so let's pay it down and own it. Exactly right. I mean, I'm just trying logically to think why somebody would do that. That's all. And uh, I think the the statistics say that it doesn't work. And uh, so many, you know. <laughs> So many times, you know, you you can tell people all this about, you know, um, company leases and predatory lending and all this other stuff, and they still believe that they're going to make it work. And I think some of the most heartbreaking emails, because sometimes they come directly to um, my email, which I handle like the general email, and then Alan has the Alan at Truth About Trucking email, and I have to pass this on to him, and it's like I should have listened to you, or you know, because you know he he has it in his uh, in his book, you know, a whole chapter on it. And um, oh, I wish I wish, or I wish I would have listened. I've lost this, I've lost that. 
And it's very it's very sad to read it. And just recently, um, there was someone um, either through an email or Facebook or something that said that they had someone look at this um, lease and they had told them they were either an attorney or um, paralegal or something, and they had said to them, well, it doesn't look right, and they showed them all the places that it didn't look right, and they still went ahead and did it. And I think, the, you know, I mean, I think it's that what? desire. Yeah, right, I know. And it's that desire, either A, to want to own that truck, that feeling of being an owner-operator, or B, believing so much that you can, you know, I'm not going to be like the rest of them. I'm not going to make it work, which a lot of times it has nothing to do with you, the driver. It's the way the whole thing is designed. Uh, so, it, you know, you might have the card stacked against you, even if, if you're a, a great business person and, and all like that. So, but, you know, you try to, to tell people, and it's, it's, it is pretty heartbreaking to, to hear, get the emails and, and have to read all that. Um, so I bet you yeah, you get quite you have, a few stories, too. Yeah, when you have the balloon payment, I mean, you hear that all the time. And when you have the balloon payment, you pretty much never build equity. You're, you're kind of just paying off as the truck's getting older and more miles, you're kind of paying for that. So that's kind of the problem. You're never owning anything. You're just kind of paying paying it, pay, renting, sort of. And that's kind of the problem. So what happens if you get to the end of this lease and your truck's worth, you know, thirty five, forty thousand dollars and you have a twenty thousand dollar balloon payment and you don't have twenty thousand dollars? I mean that's kind of another well, big problem because if you walk into a bank and say that you want to get a loan for a truck, I mean, it's like you have the plague pretty much. So, you know, nobody wants to give a loan, even if you do have a lot of equity in it. So that's kind of another problem um, with the balloon payment. Well, what what would be, in in your viewpoint, I mean, because you're in the business, you do this all the time, What what is, uh, I mean, would you consider, uh, would you consider a blue, a balloon payment, a uh, red flag for a predatory lender, or if not, you know what? What are some of the signs that you know obvious signs? You know, well, maybe not even obvious, but you know the real factual signs that would say, you know, hey, th- this is a predatory loan. Well, I think a lot of people are kind of on to the whole balloon thing because I think it's happened to a lot of people, and I think a lot of people have heard a lot of the horror stories. I used to be a salesperson. And, I mean, I remember a lot of the time, because our deal is just what it's on our website. It's, you know, you, it's this many, it's this much down, this many, this much a month for this many months, and then you're done. And well, I would say over half of the people I talked to would say, so what's the balloon payment? Because it's such a common thing that's out there. And so that's kind of, but I, I don't, I mean, you kind of know what it is going into it, but it's kind of, uh, I think a lot of people get lured into, well, it's less down and it's less a month, and the balloon payment is kind of the last thing they look at versus as a whole deal. So, I mean, that's kind of, well, I think our trucks probably are more down and probably are more a month, but once you get to the end, there is no balloon payment. You own the thing. So I think it's, a lot better, but that, and that's how I think is it's a lot more fair and works a lot better for people. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. What were you going to say, Donna? I was going to say that, you know, I was, I was doing some research on this type of lending, and, you know, there's other, um, there's just financial institutions that lend money, and uh, a lot of times truck drivers, their credit ratings aren't that great, and uh, they, uh, you know, they have to pay through the nose. And I think when you see these high credit, like it'll, it'll advertise a low percentage rate, and then, you know, once they do a credit check on you, all of a sudden now, you know, you're 30 35% interest rate instead of the, you know, maybe 10 10-12% interest rate. And uh, I think people have to be aware of, of of how much money can accumulate with interest rates that high. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, that's that's just a fact, right? I mean, sometimes I've heard like 39%, which is unheard of. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, the interest so rates, I, I, I mean, it adds up to a lot, especially – we're leasing new trucks now, and I mean, even a eight percent interest rate on a new truck is a ton of money over the time. Right. So if you're getting anywhere over that, is, I mean, it gets it adds up in a hurry when you're talking about a hundred and forty thousand dollar truck. What is your range? Yeah, in in interest rates. Uh, well, we don't have an interest rate per se because it's kind of all wrapped up into it, and that's why we. Um, I think a lot of people kind of get a little confused on on that because our prices are all listed. It's, you know, as an example, we're doing 2016 Cascadias and I think they're 2400 a month for 60 months. So whatever that adds up to. So it's more than if you're looking on the truck paper and finding a truck, but when you look at that in 8% interest rate, that's probably twenty five thirty thousand dollars so you got to kind of factor all that stuff into it if you look at ours if you look at our deal compared to you know i would say your average truck paper new truck it ends up being anywhere from probably eight to ten percent the equivalent of an eight to ten percent loan on that mm-hmm. 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 so okay uh, like as an example on the cascadias we have uh I, like i said they're that they're, if you figured a regular Cascadia at about 135000 which is kind of what you're going to pay at a dealer, it'd be the, the equivalent of if you bought that truck and paid 8% for it. Okay. Wow. And so now you're doing the um, new trucks. Um, is that, that's something new? Yeah, we kind of just started it uh, last year. We actually run some trucks, too. So we kind of did it as a sort of a pilot program, I guess, and because we just had we were buying trucks for our trucking company, which completely unrelated company, but uh, so we just advertised a couple of them and said, well, if we sell them, we sell them. If we don't, we'll use them ourselves. So, and we had quite a bit of interest. So then we started buying them just for Lone Mountain, and it's been pretty popular. And you were you were saying the other day um, that the mileage on the new trucks, you were shocked at how good the mileage was. Can you share any of that info? Uh, yeah, we actually the local dealer, um, and I like to say we're not a we're not a Freightliner or Volvo or right now we're selling new Volvos and new Freightliners. Um, I like to say we don't really sell trucks. We just put them out there and say whatever truck you want, go ahead and take it. But we um, tried out one of the Cascadia Evolutions, 
and uh, because the local dealer was saying how good the fuel mileage was, and we put uh, one of our drivers in it and had him go from Omaha to Indianapolis and back for two weeks, and uh, we ended up getting 8.48 miles per gallon. Wow. Which is pretty incredible, so we thought, because we were we yeah, were on that Volvos, is. and they're 2012 Volvos, and we're getting in the low sevens for miles per gallon, which we thought was really good and but to get another mile per gallon that that makes half of your truck payment yeah i'd like um too bad henry albert isn't on here he's a he's a big stickler for that you know getting as much mileage as you can uh he's got all kinds of ways to figure out how to increase your gas mileage so i hope he gets to listen to this show <laughs> well let, yeah, let me grab another call another caller here popped up ohio area code 216 welcome to the show Caller from Ohio, area code 216. Go ahead. Yeah, hello. Good evening, everybody. Sorry about that. I had the mute button on. Um, oh, that's okay. Great, great show. I appreciate it. It's Chuck uh, Chuck Kimblin here in Ohio. Um, oh, hey, Chuck. Sir. Hi. Just a quick question. i keep it short here. Um, are you folks familiar with with the leasing program through, uh, through DART, DART Transit? I uh, I was going to sign on with them, and I was going to do an internal company lease with them. Have you heard anything good or bad about them? Uh, well, we've we've actually had some people that have got a truck from us and leased on there. But yeah, the the internal program, I'm not an expert on that. So yeah, actually, uh, now does Dart still have that division? It was called Fleetline. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, Alan, I uh going through the hiring process with them. But uh I was doing a little bit of research and on you know what little bit I knew of on their leasing, but they have their the only thing I know is they have their their regional side or company side which is Dart Golf and then Dart for the, you know, the owner operator side. That's the only thing I know of. Well, the only reason I asked was I drove for them years ago, a long time ago, and um it was Dart and Fleetline. They uh, they had uh, Fleetline was a, um, another company, I guess, under Dart, and uh, I, I did actually lease under them. And I was with them for probably a couple of years or so. But uh, my experience was it, it it wasn't bad. I I had a uh, I had I got I had good miles. I had a good truck. Uh, never had any problem with the truck. Now we're going back. Yeah, oh, that was probably back in the early to mid '90s, and I don't think they have Fleetline anymore. All I see is Dart. But um, you know, the way it is now, I couldn't really tell you. But my experience back then with the the Fleetline part of Dart, uh, it it worked out pretty good. That's all, pretty much all I could tell you. Okay. All right. I just figured I'd pop in and ask and. Uh... I appreciate the show tonight. A lot of good information. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Good luck. And um, all right, I tell you what. Let's talk. Uh, I got to take a quick break, but then when I come back, let's let's talk a little bit more about new and used trucks. Uh, you know what's what's a better deal for you know someone just getting in there and 
wanting to uh, start their business. We'll talk a little bit more about hey, that. Hey, drivers, Alan Smith here with Ask the Trucker Live asking, are you home every weekend? Are you off on all major holidays and still get paid? Well, if not, then listen up because we may have the perfect driving opportunity for you. Godspeed Expeditors, LLC of Rockwall, Texas, is currently seeking a husband and wife team from one of their dedicated tractor-trailer lanes. A Class A CDL with hazmat endorsement is required, and the team must have six months verifiable experience within the last 24 months. This team will be running approximately 3,600 miles per week, Monday through Friday, and pay is calculated at 70 cents per mile, and that means all miles. That's a whopping $2,500 per week take-home and $130,000 per year possibility. All applicants will be security screened and must be able to pass a drug screen. There is a one-week orientation which pay $500 to the team and the hotel room will be provided. No felony or Class A misdemeanors need apply. So stop running yourselves in the ground for little pay and come home to an exciting, well-paying job that I know you've been looking for. And after one year, pay is increased to $0.75 cents per mile for all miles. And if you are in West Virginia especially, teams are needed now. So for this great drive Driving opportunity career, contact Godspeed Expeditors LLC at 479-234-5323. That's 479-234-5323. Call them right now and be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Ask the Trucker Live. Just go straight to uh, Arkansas, area code 479. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Alan. Uh, hi, Don. It's Les from uh, Les Willis, Arkansas. Uh, yeah, Les. I just wanted to uh, jump in here as far as uh, leasing uh, arrangements and predatory leasing companies that are just a dime a dozen these days. One thing that I, I wanted to bring up and just caution everyone that um, if you go to purchase a uh, um, and get a lease um, commercial vehicle, whether you're buying that vehicle, whether or not you're leasing that vehicle, you have to understand that commercial vehicle limit laws are nil to none throughout the 48 states in the United States. The only difference being is in the state of Wisconsin. So when you when if you purchase a truck or if you lease a truck and the say that you have an issue with that unit and say it, you have an issue with a turbo and it goes out in the first two months, sure it's going to be covered under the warranty. If it goes out two months later, it's going to be covered under the warranty. But after a certain amount of time, the the warranty is going to run out, and you're still stuck with that truck. And the leasing agent or the seller has no obligation to take that unit back. So when you go and you purchase these things and the leasing agent is actually sitting there begging you to take your unit down and get um, put it on a dyno, have it checked out by your local um mechanic what have you 
spend the money, go out, get that done, because you could be on the hook for well over $100,000 if you choose to purchase one unit. And that's one thing that I want to caution everybody. I've bought probably well over 30 units since I've been doing this and um, had an issue with one of them. And to try to get someone to take a case and go to court, what have you, um, as far as a lemon law, there is no lemon law. Um, for commercial motor vehicles, except for what I found was in the state of Wisconsin. So I was going to ask your your guest, um, where do you stand as far as informing these people when they actually purchase a unit from you? How much do you stand behind your units, and do you inform them of the lemon laws within the state that you're selling the unit? Uh, for ours, we're pretty clear. Again, we kind of leave it up to the customer to run their own business. So, but yeah, we're pretty clear that you know once they leave, they are totally responsible for all the maintenance. Um, but yeah, we we kind of do all we can. We say if you do have a problem, give us a call because a lot of times we can get parts a lot cheaper, and um, you know then they would be on their, you know, if they're on their own. We also have shops, so if people say, hey, I got, you know, I need to get a turbo installed, can I bring it to your shop? We usually will do that stuff for free and just won't charge them any labor. Um, but, yeah, we don't have shops everywhere, so obviously that's not feasible for a lot of people. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're used trucks. They do break, but hopefully the – uh, we do the six-month warranty, which helps on some of it, but and they can extend. They're welcome to extend that too, which would be another way to kind of maybe get a, get uh, covered on some of that stuff. But you encourage so them, the Joe, um, to is, do that. Yeah, we definitely encourage them to get them checked out. Like like uh, Les said, we definitely want to. You know, we we push them to get that done because it's well worth it. Um, as he's saying, when you um, if you're into a truck, if you're leasing a truck that's going to be $100,000, why wouldn't you spend $200 to get the oil sample done and $200 to get a dyno done? It, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, go ahead, Les. You had and something else? Yeah, I was just, you know, I was just uh, saying, you know, I, when you start talking about warranties and stuff, sure, you have a warranty to fix a unit, but how many times do you have to take that unit back for the same thing for the dealer to stand up and say, okay, something's definitely wrong here. Go out and pick you out another unit. Do you guys, the leasing company, do you guys do that? Or do you say, look, you know, it's we, we're going to fix it, but uh, we're certainly not going to replace the unit. Yeah, we don't really replace them because we would have, that would kind of turn into anytime anywhere it's kind of tough to draw the line on what you would i guess deem replace replace worthy or however you want to say that um i mean you'd have people coming in and saying well i have a crack in my windshield can i get a different truck so and i mean not i know that's not what you're saying but it's kind of hard to draw the line that's why we kind of say here's these 20 trucks you know get it checked out as much as you can and then uh you know you're it's your responsibility to maintain it and take care of it. And if you do want to buy extra warranty, you, that would be an option for you. Um, but yeah, we and we try and help them out as much as we possibly can. All right. 
I just wanted to, uh, Alan Donna, I just wanted to make everyone aware of um, be very educated on what you do these days because you could get stuck with a lemon and there's nothing that you can do about it except for try to take them to court. Um, and that's that goes with a new dealership, that goes with a leasing, uh, leasing agent, um, whomever. Um, it does not matter whether they're a dealer or, you know, an OEM uh, dealer or if they're just somebody that you bought a unit from. Um, so check the laws, your lemon laws within your state to make sure that um, you, you cover yourself because most states, uh, the only state I know of, is, and I'm, somebody correct me if I may be wrong, but the only state that actually has a commercial vehicle lemon law would be the state of Wisconsin. So I mm-hmm. um, okay. want to caution well, everybody. Know hey, what, what happens? Doing, know what you're getting into. What Go happens ahead, to uh, an owner-operator who's leased onto a company lease and their truck is uh, always breaking down? How does that work? I, I don't know. Um, I, I pretty much shy away from leases. Um, I pretty mm-hmm. much go through um, my banking institution. Um, one mm-hmm. thing that I found out as uh, being a fleet owner is you better have a good banker um, because mm-hmm. having a banker that knows your business is, is pretty much your lifeline. Um, so I don't know a lot about leases. Um, I just know that uh, you can buy a truck these days. I don't know what your I don't know where the lease is as far as a FICO or a Beacon score, but I would think somewhere around 675 and up, you should have no problems in the world getting somebody to finance you. The problem is, is that when you when you start looking at the lending institutions, most generally they require you to be in business for yourself and show two years of prior um, earnings um, to be able to qualify. So. Some places they they you know um, it, the lease the lease route will help that individual, but um, when you, some of them are good, I, I would guess, but uh, the majority of them um, I I shy away from as far as my business. And with our trucks, well, we are the lender, so I mean we kind of we realize and we do run some trucks, so we realize that you know they're. They are used trucks. They're going to break. Um, we work with people on payments. And even on, to kind of add to what you're saying, even on a new truck, we include the factory warranty for 500,000 miles, which is pretty, uh, I mean, it costs about five grand on a new truck, so it's not cheap. But we include that to kind of hopefully ease some of the burden of that. But, you know, even if you are t- completely covered by a warranty, the downtime a lot of the time can get you too. So you might end up spending. So even if you do have a new truck and you have all the warranty in the world, you still need to have money set aside in case you're, you know, as Les is saying, if you're replacing the same thing a couple of times, maybe you don't even spend any money on it because it's covered under warranty, but you do have downtime. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, you know, Les is a, one of those guys who, uh, you know, they know the ropes, they're experienced. <laughs> they uh you know a lot of these leases especially these motor carrier leases uh are aimed at those who you know don't have don't have any money down uh don't have uh you know the credit you know they'll pretty much just lease to anybody 
But, I mean, you guys will look at them, and the first thing you look at is what, what you've told me earlier is, I mean, you know, really their business plan. Are they going to be successful? Because, you know, being a legit company, you want them to succeed. What good would it be, you know, to you if they didn't? Talking about these new and used trucks, I mean, you hear both sides. You know, well, a used truck is all worn out. You know, don't go there. A new truck is too expensive. You know, you won't make it. Uh, but I see it from both sides. I mean, both sides will work if you know what what you're doing. What, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, someone coming in? I mean, do, the, do they choose a used truck? Do they choose a, a new truck? I mean, what advice would you give to someone looking to lease or own or buy whatever? I mean, what do you do? Do you go with used? Do you go with new? What do you think? Uh, I mean, it kind of depends a lot uh, on the market. I think right now new trucks are have more value. Uh, we're buying them for our trucking company, so I'm kind of putting my money where my mouth is on that one. Uh, you know, back in uh, 2009, 2010, when you could get a truck with 400,000 miles on it for 20 grand, then I think the used trucks are a no-brainer. But when those trucks today are 60, 70, 80 thousand dollars, I think the new truck is a lot better deal. You have the warranty on it. You have uh, a lot better fuel mileage. Um, kind of like I said, conservatively, the new trucks get a mile per gallon better than even the 2010, 2011 trucks so that right there if you're running you know 12,000 miles a month that right there that saves you about a, almost a thousand dollars a month so and then if you're figuring in the warranty if you're as you if we're kind of saying 10 to 15 cents a mile that's another uh you know 1500 bucks a month so that's the maintenance and the fuel mileage almost pays your whole truck payment versus a, a used truck. So I think they're a pretty good deal right now, but we sell both. So some people just want a lower lower payment, uh, which is totally understandable. Um, but right now I think the, the new are have a lot more value to them. And you're not just 100% leasing. I mean, you all sell too, right? Uh no, we pretty much only we only do the leasing, but it's, you just lease? it's basically yeah, it's basically like a finance. I mean, it feels like a finance. It has a down payment. Your monthly payments stay the same throughout the lease. Once you make the last payment, you own the truck. There is no balloon, no buyout, nothing like that. And actually, kind of the cool thing, I was, I'm looking at our website right now, and uh, kind of as you're talking about the company leases and how nobody makes it. On our homepage, we have a ticker on there that says how many um, people have paid off their truck. And I don't remember. We had a. I don't remember if you. Were, I don't know if you remember, but we had a press release a while ago when we had our thousands uh -huh. uh, customer pay off their truck. Um, but we're actually that was I think less than a year ago, and we're up to eighteen hundred and ninety people that have paid off a truck with Lone Mountain, and we've only been in business for uh, about eight years, I think. Right. You've been with us so, like six of, six of them, I think. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so um, we, can, we can't give you all the credit, but we'll give you six eighths <laughs> of the credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, I have a couple of questions that are coming in uh, through Facebook, if you don't mind answering them. Um, 
<clears throat> the first one is how do how do you deal with a major breakdown before an adequate cash reserve is built up? That's number one. And number two, hold on, I've just lost the page. And number two is what exactly does the dyno test indicate? Uh, well, the dyno, to start off with the dyno one, it basically gives you the horsepower to the ground. So, you know, if uh, if you have low power, that would give, if your turbo's bad, if you're running on five injectors instead of six, uh, you know, it's going to give you kind of all that. Basically, I mean, it's basically just saying it has the right amount of power to the ground. So it's a, it's just a, it's one test you can do. If you do an oil sample, that's going to tell you what uh, metals are in the uh, oil, which could give you a indication of which parts are wearing down since it's metal, you know, metals rubbing on metal inside an, of an engine. So depending on what metal is floating around in there, that would give you an indication of which parts could go bad, which that's what Alan was saying. He did a uh, uh, an oil analysis, which kind of saved him from oh, getting always. A, having a big problem. Oh. So, oh yeah, always. I mean, I can't remember. I think it was uh, twenty five, thirty bucks. I think, but I had it done pretty regularly. And uh, man, it it's I can't remember. It's been so long ago, but I got one back, and and yeah, there was a lot of metal shavings in there. But it ended up uh, catching it in time. That thirty dollar samples ended up saving me a, a good three or four grand, so it's well worth it. And I always had a dyno done. I had a couple of bad injectors caught early, and so I mean that's what surprises me, Joe. I mean I know you guys, you know, really push that and say, hey, you know, do this, do that, find something wrong, bring it back, we'll fix it, and yet some still won't do it. That just kind of mind-boggling to me. And and with our trucks, I mean, when you're going to get, or with any truck, when you're going to get it, I mean, you don't, you're not pulling a load with it. So we've had a lot of times where we have had to replace injectors after someone's, not, I mean, not a, all the time, but it's happened a few times where somebody's got a dyno and has had to replace the injectors because you're not really going to know if you have one bad injector. If you're, I mean, you, it's kind of tough if you're dri if you've been driving. XYZ truck and you're getting in a brand new truck and you're bobtailing it, it's pretty tough to tell if you don't have adequate power. But the first right. time you get under a load, you'll be able to tell. But if you're buying a new truck, you're not going to be putting it under a load probably. So that's kind of the way the, the dyno does put it under a load and make sure you have adequate power so that you could catch an injector or something like that. Yeah. Did you have another question? Uh, well, <clears throat> yeah. It was um, how does one deal with a major breakdown before an adequate cash reserve um, is built up? And I guess they're referring to the escrow we were discussing, like you know, ten cents a mile or something like that. Ooh. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I guess you should start out with having that reserve. I guess as a well, that's, that, that, was, that goes that back to that thing. Yeah, yep. Joe, that goes back to having a business plan, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you're at a company that they might help you out with it, uh, you know, we might be able to get parts a lot cheaper. We might be able to do a lot of the labor at our um, at one of our shops uh, and kind of things like that would be ways if you didn't have all the money, maybe um, would be ways to maybe get get through that. There are ways to get through it. Um, but yeah, having having a good plan set up. And being at a good, a lot of times if you're at a big carrier or a good carrier and you've been there for a long time, 
they'll probably do something for you. Yeah. What would what would you consider? What would be a just a good decent reserve to have? You know, stuck in the bank before you uh, jump in as an owner operator. Just you know, I mean, I know as much as you possibly can, but what would be a, a good for those? New rule guys. of thumb those, type of thing. Those, huh? Oh, I was just going to say, kind of like a rule of thumb, you know, where you yeah. kind of guideline new, for the new, uh, you know, new guys listening. Uh, you know, well, should I have, you know, two thousand in the bank or at least five? I mean, what would be a good reserve? You think? On a used truck, we usually suggest and um, kind of make sure people have at least twenty five hundred dollars over their down payment in the bank. Um, I read a lot of the forums, and if you're looking at the forums, almost everybody says you should have at least 10000 in the bank. Um, if you've gone into a shop, it's tough to get out of one for less than 2000 even if you have a pretty minor problem. Yeah. So having a 1000 or two set aside doesn't go that far if you do have something go wrong. But, uh, yeah. you know, 10000 is quite a bit. I mean, that's a pretty major repair but a couple grand you know two three four thousand is going to cover a big majority of a lot of the stuff that's going to go wrong yeah at least minimum until you get rolling so well hey i know our time's winding down you got to go hey tell me again real quick because i was kind of taking notes uh now what what are what your inventory you guys have over there now especially the new trucks what are the new trucks that you guys got in again uh, right now we have new Cascadia's 2016s. They're on the ground right now, so it's actually pretty tough to get a 2016, but we got some of the first build dates available. Uh, so we have 2016 Cascadia's, 2016 Cascadia Evolutions, uh, 2016 Volvo 780s, and then uh, 2016 Freightliner Coronados, um, kind of the more traditional style. And uh, we also may be getting, we've had uh, Peterbilt 389s and uh, International Lone Stars as well. Now, is that is that just in Iowa, or is that all three locations? That's at all three, and we actually have some of the new trucks in Chicago as well. Do you? Okay. Well, well you're all wrapping it up there. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's the best way for uh, people to get a hold of you? Uh, everyone can uh, go online to uh, lmtleasing.com or lonemountaintruck.com, same website. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. Usually we post uh, whatever new trucks we have coming out. Uh, or you can give us a call at 866-512-5685 and then just hit extension 1 and that will go to our sales force. Okay. Well, hey, Joe. Hey, appreciate it. It was good talking with you again, and uh, keep in touch. If anything we can do to help you, just let us know. Sure. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Joe. All right. Thanks, Joe. You know, it, it's uh, – how long did you say? Six years? They've been with us for uh, – I don't even remember how we kind of Well, that, the funny thing them, is that – We've gotten to know them. Uh, they're just a bunch of good guys. Now he wasn't he wasn't uh his funny self tonight. He was serious. Yeah. <laughs> but man, this guy he can crack you up when he wants to. <laughs> I know. But he, he he was serious on this show. <laughs> yeah. No, the reason I brought it up for how long um we've been with it because you were I remember uh when we first got together and of course you were so dead set a, uh, against leases in general and um motor car- motor company mo- motor carrier yeah. leases and when you saw their lease 
they faxed it through and you got all excited. I remember, remember saying, you know, you were like, well, this this is a good lease. This Boy, is nice. You talk about transparency. I mean, I asked, right. I, I asked, hey, can I see your lease? And they just sent it. I mean, you can't get much more transparent than that. And and actually, they when we were talking to uh, Joe and Tom the other day, I mean, they will do that to anybody. You know, they'll, if you want to see their lease, you know, just ask for it and they'll show it to you. So anyway, we... Alan's looking at this lease, and he's like, wow, this is awesome. And uh, before you know it, we're hooked up and because uh, you weren't endorsing very many people back then at all anywhere. I endorsing anybody. So, uh, we had a couple other people look at the lease, too, you know, because yeah, I'm certainly no expert. But we had some few people look at it and say, you know, this is a good lease. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I brought that up just to say, you know, how, how you know, happy we are to be able to suggest an honest, reliable company to owner-operators. Our name is on the line doing that, and we know that. So we wouldn't do that if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't true. So um, we're just happy to do that. Well, I think there's room for leases, you know, like Les. You know, Les, you know, he's a smart business guy, and there's a bunch of the successful ones out there are. But leases... There is room. There is a place for leases. I mean, there's a lot of people, Donna. You know, too. Everybody we, you know, we deal with and stuff. A lot of people that just don't have the ability to go out and buy. Right. You know? But what happens is they get stuck with these silly motor carrier leases, not not understanding them at all. And I think my survey a few years back came into almost eighty percent failure rate. Every veteran, we all we all know about them, but it's still these newcomers coming in, getting slammed with these things. But there is, there are good leases, and Lone Mountain is just one of them. That's right, and uh, just and the other thing, like I brought up, you know, even when people do know about these uh, these leases that go on that aren't very successful, they still want to believe that it's going to be different for them, and. Uh, you know, it's like I said, it's heartbreaking. You know, having to read those emails later, and of course, even to go on the forums. I'm sure Joe and and Tom read a lot of them too, uh, where people, you know, they really thought they were going to beat it, and um, and they didn't. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like we said, not every single company out there with a lease is isn't good. But do your homework. You know, I mean, do your research. Look for the red flags that come up. Uh, are you allowed to take that lease out and show it to an attorney or, or somebody uh, somebody else within the industry who has experience, who can who can guide you on it? You know, you, you just have to use a lot of common sense also before you you dive into anything. And uh, yeah, we have some good comments going on here in the. Uh... Uh, the chat room from those veterans, you know, who's been there, done that. I mean, Robert Green there, he, I mean, he's suggesting at least 10000 you know, as a reserve. We were talking about a reserve. Mm-hmm. He's saying at least 10000 even that will go quick. Less, less is saying most financial advisors will tell you three months of income as a survival fund, and he personally follows that advice. But major repairs do not take long to eat up your profits in a hurry. And to date, like today's cost for an in frame runs in the neighborhood of twenty five grand. So I mean, it's not cheap out there. And he has a good point too for you know the the newcomers listening to the show or who will be listening to the show. Just remember, you are entering into a business, 
not just buying or leasing a truck. And that's that's the key thing here. And and that's what I like about Lone Mountain. They they, they really hammer you, you know. I think pretty hard for your business plan because you're not just leasing a truck. It, this is a business. Yeah, and they want you to be successful because your success rate is their success rate, and uh, and that's just the way it is. And you don't see that too often. Do you ha- you have any uh, um, announcements or anything? I never did ask you. Um, yeah, I did. I did. Hold on. Let me get my notes. Um, let's see. I'm excited to tell you about this. Um, I just want to make sure I announce it right. <laughs> that's all. Um, here it is. Team Run Smart. Uh, that's Freightliner's Team Run Smart has announced that the month of February is Cancer Prevention Month. And uh, did you know that small changes, and of course everybody knows that we're going to be having these health shows soon, so this is right in line with what we do. Uh, Did you know that small changes to your lifestyle can help decrease your risk for cancer? And uh, first, we need to be aware of the types of foods we eat and the physical activity that goes on uh, to increase that. And uh, also to have uh, a scheduling of prevented care exams once a year. And these are all forms of uh, cancer prevention. Uh, Now, this month, you can uh, be a part of donating $1 without even donating. All you have to do is sign up on Team Run Smart, and that's teamrunsmart.com forward slash mobile forward slash register. And we have the link up on uh, on uh, Facebook on on all our pages actually and by by joining that you will be donating the $1 to the Cancer Research Institute as Team Run Smart will be donating donating that for you when you sign up so uh we're and we're real happy next week we're going to be having um uh, Todd Amen, the CEO of ATBS Services, with us. Todd uh, will be sharing some uh, very vital information regarding the up-and-coming tax season. Uh, he'll be providing answers to the top owner-operator tax questions. So you absolutely do not want to miss next week's show. Uh, ATBS, uh, as most people know, is the uh, uh, trusted tax and accounting experts for independent contractors. So we uh, we hope you can join us next week and be a part of uh, of that show. Um, I did want to just uh, say a big thank you from North American uh, Trucking Alerts. Um, we're co-founders with Hal Kia and uh, John Burnett of North American Trucking Alerts. And we want to thank every all of our supporters over there, uh, TCRG Consulting, Find a Trucker, uh, Sleep Solutions, Warhorse Media, Lone Mountain Truck, Drive for Freedom, TruckersHealth.org, Team Run Smart, and ATBS Tax Services. Um, you need to go over to www.NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com. Uh, this is a membership site for all those who want to contribute their thoughts and ideas for making positive changes in the trucking industry. Uh, it is a membership site to highlight those within trucking who are actually taking action uh, regarding many of the challenges that the professional drivers face. Uh, North American Trucking Alerts, we call it NADA, is designed uh, to be all-encompassing coalition comprising uh, of truckers, trucking companies, freight brokers, shippers, receivers, 
and other related components of the trucking industry. And when you support NADA, you're supporting professional drivers. Uh, the three A's for NADA are awareness, accountability, and action. So we invite you to take a look over at NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com. And I hear the music, which is Alan telling me, hurry up, because we're going to end it soon. So uh, that's my announcement for tonight. Is that it? You got them all in? Uh, yeah, well, I had to. I heard the music playing. <laughs> well, I got to get one more in. We'll, uh, quick break. We'll be back, and we'll wrap it up. Hang tight. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. All right. Hey, it's time. We are winding it down here, Donna. So if you didn't get it all in, you'll have to get it next time. Oh, I got it all in. It was on speed mouth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Thanks for uh, joining us this evening. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorite. And thanks again to uh, Joe Huvestall of Lone Mountain Truck Leasing for joining us this evening. Be sure to check him out online at LoneMountainTruck.com. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, have a great evening.